a joyous occasion. Um, not only do we have young people receiving Christ for the first time here today, but we're also doing this on a beautiful feast day, the Feast of Corpus Christi, the Feast of the, of the, or the Solemnity of the Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ. You could not find a better day to receive Christ for the first time. So what we truly celebrate on this feast day is the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Those of us who you know, go to Mass every day and you know, we have many catechists here, um, people strong in their faith and formation, you know, the church says that when we, like today, are gathered um, in Mass, in this liturgy, that Christ is present in four extraordinary ways. Ways in which we will not find Christ outside the church. This assembly. I mean, I want to I want to um, help you. The first way uh, is in the priest, in persona Christi. Christ is present in the ordained minister. The second way in which Christ is present is in the community. Look around. You know, we come from, from different places, but we all gather here together and we become the body of Christ, the mystical body of Christ. So Christ is present in the priest. Christ is present in this body, in this community. The third way that Jesus is present is in the word of God, proclaimed in this assembly. And we spend quite, a, quite, you know, our first half of the Mass listening to the Word of God and the proclamation of the Word of God. Finally, Christ is present par excellence in the Eucharist. The Eucharist is called the sacraments of the sacraments. So therefore it is really important uh, for us to gather here together. In today's readings, we encounter blood and we encounter the idea of covenant. In our first reading today from Exodus chapter 24, God wants to make a covenant with Israel, with his people. He says, you will be my people, I will be your God, if you obey my commandments. And this covenant is confirmed with blood. Blood was necessary to confirm a covenant. And we see that the blood is splashed on the altar, it is sprinkled on the people. Can you imagine that, being sprinkled 
the blood of an animal that was just slaughtered or sacrificed. That is how they confirmed the covenant. We then move into the New Testament today, and there is also a new covenant that Jesus is, um, is setting up. And in this case, the blood is not being thrown on us, but we consume the blood. Yes, blood is being shed of Jesus, but we are only asked to consume it. You know, one of the uh, beautiful things um, that I came across was in the Old Testament, a lot of the things are external. Everything is happening on the outside. With the New Testament, with the coming of Christ, it all becomes internal. Think about adultery. Do not commit adultery. Old Testament. What did Christ come and do? Even if you think lustfully about a woman or a man, you have committed adultery. So the same thing is happening and being played out. No more sprinkling of the blood on the outside, but we consume it. And, um, and we come across this beautiful passage, um, you know, as, as it says, while they were eating, he took the bread, said the blessing, broke it and gave it to them and said, take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, gave thanks and gave it to them and they all drank from it. He said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which will be shed for many. This should ring a bell to you. We do, we, I mean, these are the, these, this is the prayer of consecration. Every day said at Mass. And again, God in this new covenant, it is a blood covenant. God is saying, you will be my people and I will be your God. So, brothers and sisters, um, the Eucharist, that host, is not just a symbol. It is God shedding his blood, Jesus shedding his blood for us in order that we enter into this new covenant and the foundation is the blood of Christ. He has purchased us and made us sons and daughters of a heavenly father. And you may ask this question like, Corpus Christi, you know, like, I mean, every day we celebrate, you know, the Eucharist. Why do we need a special day for the solemnity of the most holy body and blood of Christ? It's at every Mass, it is a solemnity, isn't it? Well, for this, we have to go back into the 13th century. There was an Augustinian nun. Her name was Blessed. She, well, she is... Can, I mean, she's at least beatified. Um, Blessed Julian Liege. She's from Belgium. She was a mystic and she had a dream. And in her dream, she saw a moon. And then she saw a dark band around the moon. And every time she used to keep having this dream. So she decides to go and share it with her spiritual director. Her spiritual director was Archdeacon Jacques Pantaleon and her spiritual director said you know what I believe this is how we can interpret it the moon is the liturgical calendar 
And the dark band represents a feast that is missing in the liturgical calendar. And the feast is the feast of the body and blood of Jesus. So they tried to do something locally. They set up a feast. She died in the year 1258. Five years later, in a little town near Orvieto, Italy, there was a priest, Father Peter of Prague, who was making a pilgrimage in Rome. The reason why he was making a pilgrimage in Rome is because he was having serious doubts about the Eucharist. Is it the body and blood of Christ or is it just a piece of bread? Is it blood of Christ or is it just wine? Maybe we also have the have same doubts. You know, there are many surveys that are done and one of the survey was done among Catholics to understand if they truly believe in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. There's a large percentage of Catholics who don't believe. I mean, these are people who go to Mass every Sunday, who don't believe that Christ is present, body and soul, in, in the Eucharist. I mean, it's okay if lay people, I mean, people in general, you know, have doubts, but imagine the priest having doubts, you know, uh, celebrating, consecrating every day, having doubts, it's scandalous. But uh, Father Peter really wanted help. So he was like, God, you've got to help me. I want to believe. So he was here on this pilgrimage. He was celebrating Mass one day. He was holding the host in his hand. And the host started to bleed. It started to bleed on his, in his, on his hand. The blood flowed onto the corporo. It's a piece of white cloth that is, that is placed on the altar. It flowed onto the altar. The blood spills over onto the marble floor. And everybody is awestruck. The priest decides to inform um, the Pope who was residing in a neighboring uh, city. And the, and the Pope was there. He immediately um, sets into motion. He wants to come and, and witness this. He comes. They meet halfway. Uh, the priest brings the corporal um, cloth, which is stained with blood. The Pope looks at it, and he just falls on his knees, right there in the middle of the street. There is a painting in Rome depicting this scene. It's by a painter called Raphael. And there is another painting, again in Rome, in the cathedral of this city uh, called Orvieto in Italy, where it has the priest, you know, um, where the host, when he held, was turned into, um, or started bleeding. So those, I mean, those images are captured. The Pope during that time was Pope Urban IV. Do you want to know what his name was before he became the Pope? His name was Jacques Pantaleon. This was the spiritual director of that nun who had those visions. 
So you could imagine, you know, uh, what he did. He immediately sends out a papal announcement through what is called a papal bull, and he inaugurates this feast day. He did it in August 11th, 1264. He also contacted, this is Pope Urban IV, a famous, a famous Dominican priest, um, we, we all may know him, is, um, he is canonized, he is um, a great theologian, his name is St. Thomas Aquinas. So Pope Urban IV contacted St. Thomas asking him to write prayers about this feast day or the Eucharist. And he writes the two famous Latin hymns that we sing during, during Eucharistic adoration, O Salutaris and Tantum Ergo. And, um, and even today, in our prayers, if you pay attention, again, the mystery of this, of, of this solemnity of the Eucharist is being revealed to us in the Kalik, in the prayer that we just heard before um, the readings, in a prayer that we will just hear during the, during the offertory, in the communion prayer, talks about the Eucharist, talks about the Eucharist in the, in the past, the Eucharist right now, and the, and the Eucharist, um, you know, leading us to the future, to our eternal um, abode. So I, I heard this, um, this um, story about a priest who was sitting in the confessional and as he was sitting in the confessional box, which is today because of the pandemic, you know, we don't use the confessional box as much, but, you know, traditionally, uh, you know, priests sit in the confessional box to hear confession. And he, as he was sitting, he was waiting. Nobody showed up for about 30 minutes. And, and as he was there waiting, he realized what Jesus feels in another box, in the tabernacle waiting for people to come and visit him. Jesus is truly present in the Eucharist. It is not a symbol. And when we get that straight, we would not want to miss even a single Mass. We would want to receive him as often as we can. Like, like, um, like Saint, this young teenage saint who was canonized, I believe this year or last year, his name is Blessed Carlo Acutis, would say, the Eucharist is the highway, the shortest way, the straight way to heaven. This is a 15-year-old boy who believed it. So let us ask for that grace to truly believe, so that our faith may be strengthened, to see, so that we can see beyond that piece of bread, the body of Christ.